Hi everyone, welcome to Painless Universal, a conversation with me, Anne Welsh. Today I'll be talking to Rebecca. She's an influencer in fashion and she'll be telling me one or two things about what she's doing to shape the fashion industry, especially in light of COVID-19. I'll also be talking to her about her film journey and all the things she's achieved in life. Most importantly, Rebecca has known pain. She'll be sharing her pain journey with us. Meet Rebecca. Our parents used to buy, and we are not happy. We buy things for comfort, but we are not happy. We buy things and we always say, we don't have nothing to wear. Welcome to Painless Universal, a conversation with myself again. Um, I have the gorgeous Rebecca here with me. Rebecca has an interesting background. I think we'll be sharing that with you. But before we get started, Rebecca, thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you I for joining me. I want you to tell my platform a little bit about who are you? Well, um, my name is Rebecca Rio Freo. I'm originally from South America. I'm from Ecuador. Wow. And I've been living here in the UK for um, a little bit more than 25 years. Wow. So um, you have a fascinating background, Rebecca. Um, I, I met you in very interesting places, uh, especially to do with fashion. Can you tell me um, what connected you to fashion? What connected me to fashion? I think all of us, even the person that thinks that is not involved in fashion is involved in fashion. Everybody has to dress up one day and there is fashion everywhere. But it, people knows me because of fashion. However, my background for the last 20 years here in the UK, I work in higher education. At the moment, I'm working for the Anglia Ruskin University. I do the marketing there. But I have worked in academia for 20 years here in, in the UK. Hmm. You see, that's, a, that's an interesting background what I, I, I never know about because the only thing I, I, I know I, we see is everyone thinks is what you put out there, but there's yeah. so much more than into you. But one of the things thing I've noticed about yourself is that a common thing you've observed you know, from the people you've met, you've met over the years. So, well, how would you define your career as to be where you are today? How would you define that process, that step process to get you where you are today? Um, I think the, everybody's process is starting your head, in the head. It's starting okay. your mind. I came to London with nothing. I had, what, 20p in my pocket. And I, I, I grew up in a very difficult situation. I didn't, I didn't grow up with my family. I grew up actually with my grandparents. And I came to live with my mom here in London. She was living in London when you know, I was already grown up. And, uh, and it was extremely difficult to, to start to live in a place that is so far away from where you're from and to understand a language that I didn't even want to be here in London. However, I fall in love with the country. So I started to, to work and study. At the beginning, um, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a painter. And my parents, they said, no. Well, my family said, no, you cannot study painting. That is terrible. You, <laughs> it's, um, it's not a profession. So I study information technology. Then when I was able to, to finance myself, I started to study art. 
but all my life I've been working either in in marketing, finance, or business. But this, the, the, in my heart always was the passion for the arts. Uh, as a painter, as a curator, as a, as a maker, as a creative mind. Hence, mm -hmm. at the moment, I have this society uh, at the parliament for creative people. In your journey, um, I've also researched about you and you talk a lot about pain. You've talked about the way we view pain and you've come from that journey because you've moved from a country um, that you know so well to a country you don't know. What do you emphasize when you talk about pain to people? How do you um, share that knowledge to other people? Well, um, I always think that um, trauma is a very painful situation. All of us, little, grown-ups, middle, any age, any class, we have trauma somehow in our lives. Mm -hmm. However, I have understood that a post-traumatic problem, it could give you growth. Mm -hmm. So in my life, I, I grew up with our father and mm -hmm. I came to know my father very late in my life and he was extremely horrible person to me. Mm -hmm. And and that was a very big, I, I, I have a very big problem there. I had a very big pain in my heart for many, many years. But because of that pain, I think it made me more compassionate to other people. So I would say, that pain is a catalyst of a lot of creativity somehow. Mm. It could be used, that power, for good. It's more indulgent to be depressed with pain, but also it's important to understand that pain as it is, is, is a power force. But if you take that power for and transform to something positive, it, it could be so great. So I use that to because my, when I met my father, I was about um, 12, more or less, 12 years old. And um, he, was ex he, he, he was terrible, really. And I understood that he used to tell me, you're not going to be anybody in your life. Every woman in the world cannot be anybody in your life. Um, but... Those words, instead of put me down, started to put me up. I wanted to become somebody, not for him, but for myself, to gain validation because I knew that I was, I, I was valuable. So every time that I had a problem, instead of indulging on depression, I used to take those words to, to feel better about myself and to achieve more and more and more. And, and then when I go over that, it was a style of life. Every time that instead of spending time having pain, which is sometimes is kind of indulging the pain, but, but to use it for good. So, you know, people listening right now will be thinking to themselves, gosh, my life I've, is filled with pain. And, I, you know, my platform is all about all kinds of pain, chronic pain, physical pain, abuse pain. So if someone is going through pain right now, what advice and st or step process would you tell them, these are the things you could do to channel your pain to something more positive? Mm. I usually say that you have huge pains in your life. For example, if you have a loss of someone that you love very much, mm. it, it could be death or it could be a relationship with someone that you love you 
you end up a relationship, a, a, a sickness in your body, or, or a loss of a parent. And uh, I think those three pains are really powerful pains. And if you're passing through sickness, I, I, I was diagnosed with cancer a long time ago. And at that moment, I started to make wrong decisions because I got blind for a few weeks. I wanted to get married quickly to the boyfriend that I have in case, but I make the wrong decisions. However, I tell everybody that having a pain at the moment, make yourself busy. Make yourself busy. Mourn, use that, that, that sadness and make yourself busy. Create something where there is nothing. Create something when people think that there is death. Create something new because we are, we are, this human body that we have is so powerful. We are made of this blood with this flesh, but we have such a wonderful spirit. We can create things. And I think people that they are passing through this part in their life, they see no future. When they see, I have no hope, I need help from somebody else. First of all, nobody will help you. You are the first person that you need to put 100% and, and make things possible. It's such a wonderful thing to understand that we had nothing and we can create something. So that's a powerful message because a lot of people don't see it that way. They don't understand. But that has also helped my, me channel the way I see pain. Another, uh, uh, you know, you've taken your pain to a level level by implementing it into fashion has that made you more creative because i see you the way you look at fashion the way you dress you also you're also um part of this parliamentary society for fashion can you just tell us a little bit about it and how that has is that from pain that you channeled your energy to all this creative side you have the Parliamentary Society started, first of all, with the aim to make a bridge between politics and the creative mind. It's not only for people in fashion, but it's for people that are creative. It's even yourself, and you're an author, you're a creative writer. So people like yourself, it can be involved in the society. Now, the society, I had this in my heart that every time that I talk to a model or a, or a photographer or, or someone, they always say, I don't really want to know about politics. And then I saw the last elections, there were only 40% of young people were voting. And we are responsible of our environment. And if we don't vote, and if we don't get to know, I didn't like politics as well, but I need to understand what am I fighting for? What are my, my surroundings? We change our surroundings. So how can I do that if I don't speak up? And if I, if I speak up and they don't listen to me, I need to make a platform for MPs to talk to me. So I created the society and I become very good friends with many people, many MPs and people there in the parliament. And the society was founded for that. It's a platform for people with creative minds to understand uh, politics and not only that, to understand the, the politicians to understand us and to understand what we need and how can we make a change. Oh wow, 
Yeah, I, yeah, that's really good. Um, so anyone who is looking uh, to join uh, um, this um, organization, what, 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 what are the criteria and what would it take for them to, what, what changes are you guys looking to get out of it? Well, at the moment, we, uh, we've been uh, operating for one year and we have done a lot of things in sustainability, also domestic violence um, as well. Uh, um, we have worked a lot on human trafficking, modern human trafficking, and we are working on changing 360 contracts for models, people that they work in the industry, that they have agents, that they take too much money on them. So we have already succeeded taking people to safe homes as well, that especially during coronavirus. I had some, we had, we have been so busy because we have a few models that suffering from domestic violence in the homes. So we have put a lot of uh, requests with the government directly to address us in every council. And we successfully, I believe everybody that receive a letter from the council will receive also a letter talking about domestic violence and safe houses and people, they are not alone anymore. So it's something that successfully we have done. Wow, that's amazing. Um, tell me, as to be who you are with someone who just left um, when you were living to come to Great Britain, right? Ecuador. And now you're in Great Britain. How did you have someone guide you? Did you have a mentor to guide you to someone you looked up to that says, I'm that says these are the things to do because one thing people forget sometimes mentors are actually people who pull you up did you have anyone guiding you or did you just figure this whole thing out on your own well at this well when i came to london okay. i i had the fortune to work with someone that was a mentor for me for four years and i was working for her i was her eyes she was getting blind uh her name was martha gellhorn and she was an amazing writer she was the second wife of ernest hemingway and yeah. she became like a, a mother to me and she taught me so many things about everything about international politics i remember clearly one day i was in her house and the telephone was ringing and she said can you answer for me and i was like hello uh, i was very young i was 18 years old and he uh, there was a man saying oh can i speak to martha and i'm like who's that he's like nelson as okay nelson what is the nelson mandela oh my god can you spell your sort of name please <laughs> i can you imagine i didn't know anything and she was like child we need to talk about who is this man and it was amazing he was calling calling her to invite her to the wedding he was getting married again when he came out from prison so it was it was so interesting the things that i learned through this particular woman not only about politics international politics journalism about traveling and about how to measure people's hearts and intentions which is so difficult but she was so insightful for that because she was an observer of the world wow well, Rebecca, there's a key question I have to ask you because yes. um, everyone, uh, my, in my mind, I'm thinking, Rebecca is a fashion icon. How do you define fashion, in your opinion? 
And what would you think about the sustainability of fashion, especially in light of coronavirus? Fashion is unnecessary sometimes. It's funny that I say that. Yeah. But is I'm trying to encourage as much as I can to all the designers that I know to be more eco-friendly, not only that, but upcycle. Mm -hmm. So that is a little bit one of my campaigns at the moment, upcycling. I was having a wonderful conversation with one of my best friends, Malam Breton. He came to have a dinner to my house last weekend. And we were talking about, because he, his collections, you being in his shows, are amazing. And the fabrics that he used, and he is, upcycling uh, up so he's using a lot of uh, a lot of materials that it could be discarded in the past for fashionistas and at the moment he's using it in order to save the planet so I'm really happy that he is reusing a lot of Nike old fabrics so he's purchasing all of that and reusing it for his collection you saw the reflective collection that he had so for example that is one of the examples that he is uh progressing on that not only him but many other designers i just mentioned him because you you know him personally and and that is one of our aims at the moment fashion is at the moment uh, i think is uh, overrated people have to understand that we living times that a virus can give us confined into small spaces so why not looking at the big, bigger picture and um and looking after this planet not only after us but after the planet because that will be us in the future mm, that's true um if, if you're to advise brands out there, um, especially with the competitive world, there's so many designers up and coming, you go on Instagram, so many designs there. How would you tell a brand to what to do to stand out so that they can be seen and people also attract customers to buy their products? First of all, uh, they have to really learn the ABCs in the social world. A lot of brands, they have a lot of creativity, but they don't know how to promote themselves. I, I go to many houses that, the fashion houses, that I never heard about them and they have amazing fashion, but they don't have good marketing team. So I think it's important to, as much as you, cre you are creative, to have a good marketing team and not overproduce. Sometimes people get so passionate, oh, I did this blouse and it's so great, so I'm going to do it in 10 million colors. No, I think it's uh, accept your orders and do it based on that. So you don't massively produce and you save the environment as well like that. Also, to be authentic um, and to be a pioneer. Don't be scared of other people what they said to you go and trust your feelings go uh, and be be yourself don't copy other designers because what you maybe see today is amazing is no long lasting maybe your idea that you don't portray is more long lasting so trust your guts mm -hmm. um what, what, what people might not know about you is that yes you do the art uh, um you're into the parliamentary of, of 
helping encouraging more people in the um, parliament to engage them with art and fashion and uh, all, the, all sorts of things. You're also very much into the fashion world. But one thing that I've not, I've not mentioned here is your film background. Could you please tell us a little bit about the film background and what really brought you on? Why, 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 how did you get into the film industry? Um, okay, that is, uh, again, how to use your painting to grow. So I was passing through a very difficult time in my life and I couldn't sleep. No. Uh, I couldn't sleep and, you know, I go to bed and I, it was difficult to, to fall asleep and, and I was overthinking a breakup that I had all alone and all. And I was really depressed. So I decided to learn a new skill online by myself. So I learned how to edit. And I started to do small videos, go by myself, going to galleries and do small things. And one day I show it to somebody. And this never supposed to be to show nobody. Because I'm very critical. I get very upset when someone criticizes my work. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm not going to show anybody. But someone saw it and told me, would you, would you like to come to Paris with me and film an exhibition that I'm doing? And I'm like, are you serious? And then I started to do videos. I become, it was maybe nine years ago, I began so busy with it that I had to find a film crew. And I find a wonderful people that become part of my team. And we started to do documentaries and started to do more films and video content for a lot of companies. So one day I had a friend of mine saying that he had a budget for a film that if I can direct it. And I read the script and I didn't like the script. So I said, can I change the script? And he said, yeah, sure. I said, so I wrote the script directed the script and I sent my my film to various um, festivals and they gave me an accreditation for a couple of festivals and for the last seven years I've been working in the Cannes Film Festival due to that. Wow. Um, in all your career um, you've done all the different things is there because we talk about pain here is there any pain you you've had to endure in being who you are today, you know, in channeling, if anyone looks at, watch this then, and the pain you've channeled to endure to get to where you are today, and how did you overcome that pain and blockage and to keep moving forward and keep being Rebecca? I'm always being positive. Even in the bad moments, I always, always stay positive and I take care of a lot of my brain. A lot. I think it's so important as much as we take care of our stomach, eating wonderful food, uh, making, doing a, a great makeup, or good clothes, is no, nurturing your brain. Breathe good things. Be curious about new skills. Read as much as you can. And there is not going to be a point to be depressed. Every time a, a, a little thought of depression comes to you, 
reminding you how bad you, you are sick or someone left you or you didn't have doubt, you don't have enough money or what if I was little, what if I was a skinnier? Why was if I have a wonderful husband? No, put those things aside and concentrate in number one, which is you, nourish your brain, get a lot of positive things around your home, clean your place, put a lot of wonderful words, read wonderful things, and if something is bothering you, something or someone is affecting that state of mind, take them away from your life. Simple as that. That's wonderful. Our final message is always a message of hope. We've gone through coronavirus. So many people are, are down. There's so much going on in the world today that people don't even know what the next will be. They've, they've, some people have started to define that. Some people don't even know where to start. How would you define next? And what would your final message of hope be to people who are so in, you know, you know, in a confused stage? People in the fashion world, the young models out there, the people, entrepreneurs, people moving from country, the people whose dad has you know, left them in the States. What would your message of hope be to this as a final message? And I think all of us, we have learned that nothing is for granted anymore. And this time of, of peace and quiet that we have at home, it's time to rethink. It's the time to, to stop and look back and see what have we done wrong, what have we done great. And as I said before, if you are struggling, uh, there are help. There is help everywhere. Check the government for help. If the government is not listening, go to the local council. There are people giving grants as well, people that are struggling with money. There is always someone out there that we need to look for. And I think people now suffering with the coronavirus, um, the time of reflection and being thankful for what we got and what we have at the moment is so crucial. And if you are missing people, as long as uh, the coronavirus finished, Go and look for the people that you are missing. Give them a hug. Tell them you love them. Visit your family. Visit the people that you are missing today. Because I guarantee you, many times we moan about things. But as soon as the quarantine is finished, we're never even going to visit those people. So at this moment, make a commitment to yourself and see what is there, what really matters, is important. Wow. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining me on this platform. I really appreciate your time. No, it's a pleasure, Anne. You're amazing. Thank you.